a drone can do the job that we do, but they can't tell you what it's like from a human perspective. That's the yeah. thing. They can tell you, like, hey, listen, I'm a tough SOB, and here's how it was. You know, <laughs> but and then the third mission set, which is the best, is direct action, like capture kill missions or yeah. clearing houses, and that's the best. When you're like running in a gun and with your boys, you know, you just you're putting like match grade five, five, six in the people's like headlights. That's 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 the good stuff right there. Welcome to the Military Bottom Line Podcast, where we learn from veterans and those currently serving how to make the most out of a military contract. We're here to motivate, inspire, and help you leverage your service to positively impact you professionally, personally, and financially during your military career and beyond. Welcome to episode 43 of the Military Bottom Line Podcast. Super grateful for you guys tuning in today. I have a special guest. Ten years later, uh, I went to boot camp with Asa Dalphone uh, ten years ago now. Crazy, crazy. Like literally ten years ago right now, I was in boot camp. So time flies. Um, and I haven't really spoken with Asa since. Just a couple of interactions here and there on online. But uh, it's been cool to hear about his career so far and man he is a talker so i uh worked to kind of keep him in line to get the best picture of his career as possible and uh he's been a recon reserve marine for the past four or five years now and has done some pretty awesome stuff this guy i don't know if i've ever seen somebody so fired up on their career uh it's it's pretty wild so he's he's stoked on what he's doing and I honestly didn't even know that recon reserves was an opportunity that existed. So if that's something that you're interested in, uh, this might be, you know, this will likely be very entertaining for you. So stay tuned for the episode. I really hope you enjoy and hear about what it's like to live that reserve recon life. In addition to that, before we get to the show, I just want to ask if you have not already left a review on Apple podcasts, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, leave five stars and you know if you don't have five stars to leave me then send me a direct message on instagram and tell me how i can improve to uh to get that five stars from you so i hope you guys are doing well i hope you guys enjoy this episode and i will see you guys at the end oh he says start recording hey that's good i i, I always ch- clip it down and stuff afterwards so i'll, I'll cut out the part where you're throwing in your dip <laughs> no i mean we need that part man everybody throws in a dip in the military <laughs> oh man Awesome, dude. Thanks, Asa, for joining me today. I know it's been like 10 years now since we went to boot camp together. Yeah. And it's uh, it's crazy to connect 10 years later. So for sure, I'm excited to kind of uh, hear how your career has gone. But for the listeners, definitely want to hear about like a little bit of backstory and how you found yourself joining the Marine Corps in the first place. Oh, definitely, man. I I, I can tell you. I mean, uh, um, so three weeks into my senior year of college, you got 86 hours. I was a pre-law major at a uh, 3.15 GPA, vice president of my pre-law fraternity. I was uh, I was an SGA real hard. I was uh, chairman of the freshman committee. I was uh, I was chief justice of the judicial branch for a while. Hmm. I uh, was a senator on the academic committee. Just can't get out of cat. Um, <laughs> uh, I was a student ambassador for the school, so I gave tours. You know, the, the open houses for campuses and stuff like that. I did yeah. all that. Um, and on the outside, everything looked great. I'll tell you, Bert. Um, but in the inside, I hated my life. Mm. I was like, man, I, I, I just hate this. I just, I'm bored. I was living with my girlfriend at the time and I hated her. 
You know, it's like I just needed a roommate. And she was a shitty roommate. And I have an identical twin brother. Huh. And, and yeah. And at this time, I have 86 hours. My brother, uh, his name is Richmond. Richmond's got like uh, six hours of college. But he, he, he turned himself into a PT god. And he calls me up one day. He goes, hey, there's a reserve recon unit in Mobile, Alabama. He goes, we can go through the shit together in the buddy program, come back recon Marines, and then you can go back to college if you want. How does that sound? I go, dude, that sounds awesome. Because my dad's an old jarhead. He was a, uh, from 71 to 75, he was a hydraulic mechanic. Huh. Um, yeah, he worked on A4s uh, a, a, a or A6s or something like that. And he was meaner than a junkyard dog. And he always told us, he's like, you never make it. You never make it. You can't be a Marine. You never make it. So, of course, like, yes, I can. I can do that. You know? <laughs> and um, so I was like, man, I'm a, I, I didn't know anything about the military. I wasn't I didn't know nothing about anything. I thought, you know, like, you, you know, you do some training and, and you're a Marine. That's it. Well, my brother ends up not being able to join the Marine Corps huh. because he, he told them. Only reason is because he told him that he dislocated his shoulder a couple of times, which he did. But the first time he did it, he won like his six uh, Golden Gloves state title. Like I have eight state Golden Gloves. Still, my brother's got eight too. I boxed in the amateurs for a long time. Wow. And um, oh yeah, oh yeah. Four. I have four on uh, four professional fights. Zero losses, one knockout. Um, anyways, <laughs> so my brother and I are not being able to join. Huh. Sidebar, my brother is now, he's been a SWIC. You know what a SWIC is? Yeah, yeah. He's a special warfare combat. He's been doing that for like nine years. And the Marine Corps said, no, nah, you can't, you're not going to be able to handle the training that, you know, that the Marine Corps. Can. My brother ends up graduating 17 guys, you know, so it's like, hey, he could have handled the training. You guys just didn't want to do the paperwork. But, anyways, <laughs> yeah, that's I, uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, I mean, he did four deployments. One, he went one to Yemen, and I think it was real kinetic. Mm. But, anyways, so I'm like, well, man, I already did all this stuff. I dropped out of college and I dipped in, like, I might as well keep going. And, man, we're at Paris Island for like 30 seconds and I was like I immediately regret this like I screwed <laughs> up so bad I still remember like that first night where like yeah. they, they threw me in some fire watch so I just had to like put my little moonbeam like out the out the window and I had like tears in my eyes I was like I'm 22 years old man I had tears in my eyes I was yeah. like what the hell did I just do yeah so so that's that's how I joined I know what our final our final inspection remember the final inspection with the the uh, what do they call it the battalion commander inspection uh-huh you know, Battalion Commander uh, Brigadier General Padilla. I don't know if you remember this. Dude, you're he remembering this way better than I am. Holy smokes. Oh, I remember because of the story. Hey, Brigadier General Padilla, he does my inspection. And Sergeant Jones said, hey, you can tell the, you can tell the general whatever you want as long as you keep bearing. So I'm kind of hearing the questions he's asking guys. And I'm like, I'm going to make up a crazy story. I'm going to have, I'm going to be stone cold granite face, you know, kind of bearing on it. So I, uh, I told General uh, Brigadier General Padilla, that uh, that Chesty Puller came to me in a dream and told me to drop out of college, join the United States Marine Corps, and I did the next day. And he turned away and laughed. He's like, did he let me? I saw him like chuckle. I seen to, and he comes back to me. This is a general. He goes, I've never heard that before. And even Sergeant Jones, he had a clipboard, you know, doing like the, you know, the what the peckle or whatever. Yeah. And he like puts it up in front of his own face because he's laughing too. And and you know, like, you know, the guys are like, why'd you say that? I was like. Why didn't you say stuff like I said? He's like, you can say whatever you want. Just have some band on your face, you know? That's so funny. Um, but really, I joined because, I don't know, man, I was just, you know, every every story about joining the Marine Corps is like, ends like, and I said, fuck it, so I joined the Marine Corps, you know? Like, <laughs> you know? But yeah. yeah um, so so um, was there anything specific that you were trying to get out of it then, or you just wanted out of college? I just wanted to, 
escape from like what was going on in my life like yeah. immediately like i didn't care what happened i just wanted to stop i mean i thought about it a bunch of times and um you know like, oh i wanted to be a marine well that was kind of an afterthought you know because like now i'm i love being a marine i think it's the best thing there is in the world i'll keep you for sure, four years or 40 <laughs> years you see an old jarhead even those old they got the, like a, like a marpat eight point cover or something yeah. like that it's got a ball of flare on it i don't care i love that guy <laughs> i go right up to the guy i shake his hand i say hey what's up jarhead and they love that shit um, <laughs> because, you know, oh, it's, just, it's, it's a it's a it's a cult that works. Yeah. It's a, you know, it, I chugged the Kool-Aid on it. I love it. I love yeah. it. I almost joined the Coast Guard a few years ago. And I was like, you know, I just I just I got a good gig going on. Huh. And yeah, Coast Guard's got a good good, too. Hey, shout out to the Coasties who watch this. You guys get a bad rap. All right. I, you guys are actually fighting war in our country. Like I, I worked with Coasties down in Key West and they're stashing up Cubans at the cyclet down there, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, they're uh, uh, they're underrated for sure. For sure, never met a coastie that hated their job. They yeah. always love it. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's awesome, man. So, what did you go in as? I mean, like, what? Oh, what? oh, man, that's a terrible story too, right? So, this is all, super honesty time. Anybody out there wants to at me, you can at me all you want. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I was, I was a recon contract. Uh-huh. And back then the pipeline was, a, it was different. They constantly are recon. Uh, the, the recon training company is really good about adapting. They're really good about adapting. But back then first you had to go through 0311 school. So I went through, I was in, I went through 0311 echo company, ITB out in uh, Santa Ana Frey, ITB uh, West. Yeah. And then I went to the RTC, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you, like I said, don't at me. I oh. quit. I, I quit. I do what I couldn't take it anymore. I kept, I kept hurting myself. How long were you there? Uh, out of Pendleton? Yeah, the RTC. Uh, oh, I, I, no, I quit the first day. Quit the first no, day. Oh, wow. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hear it's no, a rough that's time. I mean, that's really, I was not prepared. I didn't know what was going on. Physically, I was. But looking back, I was like, man, I, I, I could have done it, man, because I already, I did it again. And I was like, I could have done it, but just mentally, it just was like taking an ass kicking over and over and over. I mean, for boot camp, I swear, to, I don't know how ITB was out east, but out west, yeah. my ITB instructors were worse than the drill instructors, man. Uh-huh. I, I mean, they were they were mean as shit, and yeah. they were like Iraq veterans with like seven six two rounds still in their chest and shit like that. So they're mean, but I never had a problem. It was just it was like a shitty environment to be around. Just like ah, you know, it's like it's like yeah. watching cop lights, you know, in the, in your rearview mirror. You know, you get that shitty feeling, but you live that life like all the time. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I quit. Huh. So what they what they did was um they they reclassed me. I thought they would because there's also a uh, it's a fourth ground sense platoon. It's, it's a platoon of grunts that are in Mobile. I thought since I was in 0311, they would just send me the ground sense platoon. But no, they uh, needed the a Marine Corps. They they reclassed me as an 0431, a logistics embarkation specialist. And they sent me out to Camp Johnson, where I spent about a month and a half. The schoolhouse is only like a month. So, you know, I was like a, I was like a week and a half yeah. in a holding platoon. And I, I was the god of the platoon because I was like the only infantry guy you uh-huh. know, on paper, on paper. Sure, like on my sure. on my on my uh, DD two fourteen, it says I was in 0311 for three months. <laughs> uh, but uh, I was a god of the platoon. It was great. I mean, it's that was a weird spot out there because it's like the land of the pogues. That's where they do all like the supply school, admin schools, motor T mechanic school. Yeah. There's a bar like right there on base. I was getting like hammered drunk every night and then still running like six miles in the morning. That's when I was young, you know, I was 22, 23. So you could do that kind of thing. Yeah. So then cut to, I worked at, I worked in supply and I had, I had a badass so, uh, gunners. What's just, that? Just so I fully understand. Cause you signed a reservist contract, right? That's correct. So you, you basically, you know, boot camp, 
ITB, RTC for a little bit. Like through this whole time period so far, you've been full time till you basically. Yeah, pretty much from, from, from the beginning of January till September like 16th. Okay. I was in training. I never got to embark. I worked in supply. I was a, I was like a box carrier supply guy. And um, I, but I had a great gunny. This guy, uh, he retired as a master sergeant. Kirk was here. This guy was, he was a free fall jump master. Spent as an, he's an active guy, you know, because mm-hmm. on the uh, reserve side, you have I and I. Yeah. And the I and I staff are, are regular active people. There's only like 13 of them. I and, I, and was, I stands for what again? I think it's like inspector instructor, to be honest with you. Inspector instructor. Okay. That sounds so, familiar. I don't know why. Yeah. You know, we, we love the acronyms, right? So, um, I uh, I had this badass gunny. His name was God. Uh, I, I, I mean, I call him Gunny Legier, but I would call him Frenchy. You know, because he was he was there for five years because everybody loved him so much. He was a free fall jump man. He was wild. He smoked a pack of cigarettes a day and ran a twenty minute three mile. The guy's hips were all messed up because he was a jump master uh-huh. and he didn't care because he loved jumping. He'd make me. I was late for meetings because he'd make me sit in his office and watch him jump out of planes. And I'm like, hey, why are you late? Why are you late? I was like, I was like Gunny Legier, maybe we'll maybe watch video of him jumping out of planes. And I'm like, okay, we'll sit down. They wouldn't care. And he, I mean, he was wild. Well, then he leaves and I got the staff sergeant that I won't mention his name. He was uh, not going to Legier. And that was the first thing I was like, man, I re- really wish I would have, you know, became a recon Marine because this leadership I got right now is crap. So I got to know the guys, the, the recon guys through a few things. One, I was a good supply guy. Mm-hmm. If you go into supply, I go in there, I go, hey, I need a two or three bandolier. Supply should give you a two or three bandolier. You sign the paperwork and that's it. You shouldn't get any, why do you need it? Why do you need it? I'm like, because I, I said I need it. So when these guys would come up to me all the time, like, hey, I need this, I need that. No big deal. Boom, I go grab it. So I got to know them like that. Also, the boxing thing. I uh, we, had a, we had a career player name was, at the time his name was uh, Sergeant Cruz. I'm sure he's a, a master sergeant now. Corey Cruz. He was awesome. This guy was an 03. By, uh, by trade and he was our make map instructor mm-hmm. my first at like the two week in the summertime they call it annual training was a uh, key west nice. the first one it was key west oh yeah so all we did was we would do make map for a couple hours in the morning i drove a zodiac around all day and i drank all night it was awesome <laughs> well i you know i got to know the guys to, uh, because uh, make the story shorter uh sergeant cruz was real big in the McMap, and he made a huge like ceremony just for me. I was the only guy that got a gray belt. He made a huge big deal, and he uh, he goes, "Hey, this guy's a prof- undefeated professional boxer." But when he comes into my dojo, he goes, he does, he leaves that crap at the door. All he, you know, he's a sponge, and he, he's really you know, he's a good guy, a good shit. And so after the formation broke up, this uh, this platoon sergeant, he's a bad man. His name's Jason Mann. He, I think he works for NASA now. Jason Mann, he, he talked like Sylvester Stallone. He's like, hey, uh, he goes, I really respect boxers. I'm like, oh, thank you, staff sergeant. Thank you. He goes, he goes no. And he puts out his hand for a handshake. He goes, it's Jason. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, my name's Asa. <laughs> and now he goes, you ever do? I'm like, oh, yeah, I thought about going back to recon school. Like, and that was it. So then um, a guy that grew up in the same town I did, not grew up, but we were from the same town. He comes to me in the locker room one day and he goes, hey, what do you do here? And I go, I don't do anything, man. I hate it. He goes, you ever think about going to recon school? And then I was like, uh, and I told him, I told him what happened to me. I was, I told him my DOR uh, dropped on request um, from, from, he goes, hey, man, hey, that's all behind you. He goes, let's get in the pool. If you really want to go, let's go, let's get in the pool and do some work. So he he trained me in the pool and he trained me how to be a good roper pretty much. And a roper. A roper yeah. A roper is a, uh, is a wannabe recon Marine. Okay. Like they, um, you wear a rope 
it's, it's, it's all historical stuff. Like, you know, everything is like so story, especially the Marine Corps. And then, and then even more with recon, everything's so storied, you know, yeah. there's like, you know, a creed that I'll, I'll never, even though I get all this I'll never forget the creed. And, um, I, uh, so, but Shane didn't know I was already kind of swimming in the pool because my brother was, a, you know, he's a swick. So he was training in the pool. I was training with my brother and they do a lot of swimming. They do more swimming than the buds kids do. And, um, I, uh, I, I did in October 2014. I did a screener and I crushed it. Instantly, I, I become with the. So there was like four or five year, of us. Three we years later, the three huh? almost, almost four years later. Yeah, mm-hmm, exactly. Okay. About about uh, yeah, about three years later. Yeah, I um, I, I uh, I'm a roper, and I was uh, well, there was only five of us, and it had like, what they what they call is like a like a um, what do they call it? It's like a, it's like a roper platoon. It's guys that are trying to go to recon school. Now it's way bigger. Because uh, just the need for recon Marines, you know, we need them. And uh, <clears throat> fucking, uh, I was a roper for 10 months. I went to, uh, back to, like I said, the pipeline was a little bit different. So there's a, there was a five-week, what they call a BRPC, Basic Reconnaissance Primer Course, mm-hmm. which is pretty much just a, a dick dragger haze fest. Um, that's all you did. We did like two hours of PT in the morning. And then like you did, you, you tied knots. There's 13 knots that you have to learn. Yeah. And then we, uh, and then we did a, uh, we swam in the pool for four hours and that's where we lost everybody. So mm-hmm. we start, we start off, this, this is the end of 2015 in August. We started up with 120 guys and they do a three day screener, which includes a PFT, uh, water survival, basic and water survival intermediate. And they start chopping like flies when we mm-hmm. get to the pool. They smoke, everybody smoked me in the PFT. Like back then, you know, the, the standard was like 20 pull-ups. I do 19. I did my hundred crunches, like legit hundred crunches. Not the, not the buddy, <laughs> no, but like legit. Cause I didn't know anybody. I didn't yeah. know anybody. And I didn't know, I don't I couldn't tell you the guy who spotted my crunches. I did a hundred crunches, but I ran like a 22 minute three mile. I, I'm not a, I'm not a runner. I run to live, not to die, you know? And, um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm like, oh crap! I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make this cut. But then we get to the pool and they start jumping like flies. My, I had a roommate for two days, and then for he quit, and then f- for five weeks I didn't have a roommate. Mm. So we, we, they took the 120 and they broke it down to 70. So when the no shit training started, we went from 70 to 45 in about a week and a half. Wow. All, of them, all of them quit. All of them. We had three scout snipers. All of them quit. Hmm. And um, and Scott Snipers School ain't no that's no joke either, man. That's that's a dick dragger course too. And um, so, so I did the five week face uh, reconnaissance primer course. And at the end of that, there's two things yet you, you back then you had to do was one you had to pass the knots test. So out of 45 guys, one guy failed the knots test. Knots, literally, so you're was, you're tying knots by memory. I assume. Yeah. Well, yeah. By speed and memory, but you do it so often, man, you do it so often, but the only thing is they they give you ropes and these things are so full of like blood, sweat and tears, man. The, the, <laughs> the knots don't dress well. You know, yeah. that's the thing. I got a nice rope for her smash into this thing, man. I mean, it, it is, it's beautiful. This rope, yeah. um, that's called, you know, it's called sling rope. You know, I always bring a sling rope. And, uh, but that thing was the one I had in, uh, and, and BRPC was, uh, like I said, this thing had a lot of tears and lost dreams built up in it. So the knots didn't dress real well. And, uh, <clears throat> fucking, uh, we had five guys not pass WSA, uh, water survival advance. I don't know if you've ever done water survival advance, but there's three rescue swims in it mm-hmm. and rescue two. It's a, it's a mother. It's bad. It's real. It's tough. It's real bad. It actually took me two tries to pass and it was tough. 
Mm. It's tough. It's hard. It's hard to explain like what you got to do, but they're mothers, man. It's like, you're in full kit. The guy you rescue is in full kit. And it's like, you know, you're like swimming for your life. Um, so I passed that. And we got cut open. Like that's how bad they wrap you up. I, I, I split open. I boxed my whole entire life. I never been split open. This guy split me open on, on like the first rescue, There's, like blood coming down my face while doing two other rescues. Um, but, uh, so I passed BRPC. So now we're, that was BRPC 10 tech 15. So now I become <laughs> part of uh, BRC eight tech 15. All the right, last all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pump the brakes a little bit because you're throwing out a lot of acronyms and numbers that, yeah, okay, uh, that okay. get super confusing. So I just want to I want to I want to make sure I we understand the story Please. in its entirety. So I'm so, a talker, man. That's genetics. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll have to work on uh, keeping you reeled in a little bit and uh, yeah, please, yeah, yeah, and, and and letting the story kind of play out so we can understand because I'm I'm trying to catch up. So yeah, you, yeah. So you dropped out of college to join the Marine Corps Reserves. Did you end up That's going cool. back to college? Nope. No. Okay. So then four years of reserve uh, supply guy or roughly yes. th- three to four years. Yep. And, and then you basically started to pursue recon again. Yes. And so how long was that pipeline from transitioning from a supply guy to a recon guy? I was a roper at third force for 10 months. Okay. And then uh, 17 weeks of like, at, at the recon training company, five weeks of the primer course and then 12 weeks of the basic reconnaissance course. Okay. So it took, it took a little bit and that's all like an active duty time frame where you're training and preparing. Well, yeah, the, the rubber time. No, that was regular reserve stuff. Just when I, when I showed up for reserve stuff, I just got hazed. Gotcha. I mean, that's, I, you're not supposed to get, I mean, that's the best way I can describe it. They just, they just, uh, they wanted to make sure that I was mentally, I had the testicular fortitude yeah. to, uh, to, to, you know, cause they're going to spend money even just the plane ticket. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So they wanted to make sure that that was going to be worth it. I think, I mean, honestly, I don't think I actually knew that there was a reserve recon opportunity. Nobody knows that. And that's the thing, you know, because people think I'm lying. Like I'm doing a stolen valor thing. I'm like, you know, there's Google, right? You can yeah. Google. <laughs> but the thing is like Naval special warfare, Army Special Forces, even the British Special Air Service, SAS, they all have reserves. Huh. They all have reserves. Um, but, I don't, there's not a MARSOC reserve. I don't, not yet. I hope that I hope our unit turns into like fourth, uh, M, uh, you know, recombatant. Uh, I mean, a Raider battalion or something yeah. like that. But that that probably won't happen. Is, uh, is recon taking, the only one that you can like join and start as a reservist, or can you go? Naval no, 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 no. There's, there's. Uh, oh no yeah you're right yep yep they're 100 like okay so if you want if you want to be a naval special warfare reserve guy you have to put an active duty time first that makes sense but recon is but it's the thing is recon is and i'm gonna shit on recon a little bit and is (laughs) that we're not special operations we're just special operations capable okay you give us the mission and we'll crush it but the thing is they don't give us the opportunity to do these big hits you know, like uh, big old snatch ups. It, it just because nothing gets more stuck. Those guys are, I mean, they're, they're working it. Yeah. They're, they're running the gun. It's so good, man. That's a great community. <laughs> Cause we have uh, like three different mission sets. One is you build a battle space for, uh, for commanders. So, so you green side, you're like, Hey, sir, this is what it's like in the AO, the area of operation. This is what it's like from a guy that like, I'm looking, I'm smelling, I'm feeling everything. This is from the human perspective. This is what life is like in this era of operation. Then you got 
amphibious reconnaissance, which is what we do by trade. And that's really just um, checking out a beach and say, hey, we need to land a company of Marines on this beach. Can we do it? Yeah. And like, well, no, we can't do it because it's like this gigantic seawall or something like that. Or it's like it's too deep. It's too shallow. You, you, I mean, you're you're feeling everything. You, you just go around the whole place and you physically are touching it. And like, and just giving them the human perspective because a drone can a drone can do the job that we do, but they can't tell you what it's like from a human perspective. That's the yeah. thing they can tell you, like, hey, listen, I'm a tough sob, and here's how it was, you know. <laughs> but and then the third mission set, which is the best, is direct action, like capture kill missions or yeah. clearing houses, and that's the best when you're like running in a gun with your boys, you know, you just you're putting like match grade five five six in the people's like headlights. That's, that's, that's the good stuff right there. Um, so, so then what, I mean, so I, I just want to like, you know, kind of like take clips of your career so far. Um, okay. And so tell us a little bit. So you, you basically ultimately passed the whole recon pipeline, correct? Yeah, I did. We graduated like December 16, 2015. Okay. So about six, uh, five, five years and change now. Um, what you said 15 so yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. about, yeah five years ish yeah um, yeah and so and and so basically you've been still a reserve recon marine for five years now and you've done deployments with them and two deployments yep two deployments so what what does a reserve recon deployment look like all right well there's you know like a um they're always looking for a, a recon marine. Everybody, everybody's always at least once one. It'll be a ten man team, and they want one because we're subject matter experts on tactics and proficiency. We're super professional gentlemen. Um, so <laughs> I'll tell you, my first drill back from graduating BRC was uh, like in February, and I've been an H and S guy for a long time. It's a small company, small. So I walked in there. I walked in like Maximus from like uh, the Gladiator when he walks to the Coliseum. I walked yeah. in like that, and everybody was like, "Yeah!" Because <laughs> I was the first H and S guy that ever did it. I was uh-huh. the first H and S guy that said, "Because everybody was like, I'm gonna go to recon school," but they never would. I was yeah. the first H and S guy to ever do it. And man, I walked in like a king. I was like, "Yeah!" So I were actually it was the first day I was doing CQB. Never done it before. What they call tape houses, where you set up like a fake, you set up little fake barriers and how where you can like just baby step through like yeah. walking through a house and so C- major C- cqb being close quarters ba- tactics okay. it's close quarter battle close quarter tactics mount da it's all the same shit man okay we don't do hostage rescue we don't we don't do hostage rescue <laughs> all right but other than that you we, we i mean we, we run through it um but yeah so we had a sergeant major at the time sergeant major more comes into the auditorium where we're doing the tape house work and he goes, I need, I need he goes, I need one Oh three twenty one sergeant to go to El Salvador. I raised my hand. I was like, I'm a corporal because I knew it was like a one up, one down kind of thing. Yeah. He goes, come to my office. And he goes, and I, and I signed up and 10 months later, I started to work up for El Salvador being a, uh, a foreign security advisor uh, slash t- tactics instructor. El for Salvador. El- yeah. Like, we had a were, Central I, America. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> We were the, what they do is they, they rotate security cooperation teams and special purpose MAGTAFs. I call them the SPAGTAF. And um, so we were security cooperations team 17.1. We were the El Salvador debt. We had other teams in Honduras, Guatemala, Belize, and then, like I said, El Salvador. And each team at least had one recon marine. My, my, my five man team had two. 
three of us were from the same unit. Uh, the staff NCYC was uh, an 0621 uh, radio operator, but he had been at the unit since like 08. So, so in, in uh, layman's terms, like what's wh- why are you what's in Central America? I mean, I don't know. I, uh, I mean, okay, I'm just worried about a little some offset no, here. No, so. no, I know because like, hey, what are we doing in Central America, right? Hey, I get it. Okay, so you ever heard of this little? Nah, it made me heard. Maybe this little <laughs> gang called MS13. You ever yeah. heard of them? Yeah. yeah, yeah All right. Course. Well, that's where they're from. And also, El Salvador per capita is the murder capital of the world. More mm. people are killed per capita in El Salvador than anywhere else in the world. But it also includes like the military and the police killing MS13. But it's it's El Salvador is a beautiful country. I'm talking so beautiful. It's like right on the ring of fire. So there's like one of the first pictures I ever took was it was a picture of a Walmart with a volcano in the background. You know, mm. um, people are awesome, really nice, so nice. The women are beautiful. Um but they're horrifically impoverished. Like the average, I asked the guy, they're so passionate down there. I asked the guy, I was like, how much, they use American dollars. Mm. I said, Hey, you know, in Spanish, I'm like, how much, uh, what's the average salary? Like what do people make in a day in El Salvador? And this guy goes, he goes, he goes, what's, what's a good breakfast cost in El Salvador? And I'm like, I don't know, like four or five bucks. And he's just like, so that's what they make. They make like four or five bucks a day, wow. you know? And so it's super poor because they don't, you know, they don't, any really natural resources, you know, like they, 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 they don't, they even tried to make a big port. I think some Norwegian company, but they screwed it up. So the thing, it was like a $20 million bust wow. for a tiny little country. Mm. Um, but they, they I'll, I'll give a, a salary. I love you guys. They're the only country in Central America that actually paid, paid back a little bit. They sent troops to Iraq twice, twice. Huh. They said, one guy was a legend where he killed six Taliban guys with, with a three inch blade, like hand to hand. And they actually, I think it's Gerber. They make a special knife just for this guy because he killed so many of these guys with a knife that he bought at the PX in like Ramstein, Germany before they went to Iraq. <laughs> wow. And um, yeah, he's a legend. And uh, that's a, it's a beautiful country. Man, I love it down there. I, I, I mean, I wish I, so, I, I would live down there, but the gangs are bad. You know, I'd probably end up eventually probably catching one in the run of lights myself. You know, you can only get someone, so many of them before they get you. Um, this so is kind of how it goes. Were you primarily down there for like the war on drugs kind of thing? Is that- yeah, you know, just you're, you're, all, we went down. All we did, we went down to the train their Marines. They call it the uh, the BIM, which stands for Battalion de Infantería de Marina. Don't at me with my accent. I'm like super white. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they like their Marines. All we do was train their Marines, but they had nothing. So in order for you to be able to do this stuff, I mean, are you are you able to get adequate training by just sticking to the one week a month, two week, two weeks a year reserve schedule? Yeah, well, I just I just I volunteer for everything. I set myself to everything. Like I said, I went to uh, 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 but, if you didn't, but if you didn't want to, like, do you have to do more time? you know, stateside in training in order to get picked when you do volunteer for these things, you know, no, for, no, no, they're okay. always, they're always looking for guys. And as far as the training, man, it's, it, you know, it's, I, I hate using it because people shit on that movie Jarhead, but there's that <laughs> quote where he says, uh, you know, a guy shoots a gun for many years and he goes to war and he turns it into the armory. And he's like, you know, no matter what he does, like, you know, something, something like changing his baby, he'll, his hands will never forget the gun. Um, that's how it is, man. I mean, you just, you just when I'm at work, yeah, I'm, I'm doing Walmart logistics stuff. Yeah. 
but you still you, you never lose it you never lose that edge you really don't man you, you either know how to shoot or you don't you really you know that's how it is and maybe like you know yeah if, if it's been a few months you gotta you gotta do a little bit of warm-ups to shoot but you're, you're i mean you're when you hold a gun for so long you just never forget it man you can just feel it it's it's, it's 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 easier than breathing it really is man so so all right you touched on a couple of things there let's talk a little bit about how you know, as a reservist, you are balancing a military career and a civilian career. And it's so you're, you say you're doing Walmart logistics. Yeah, but I've only done that two and a half months. I, I did it. I, I got hired July, 2019. Yeah. I did it for two and a half months and then I was gone for 15 because uh, I was deployed or otherwise. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's also a tough job. So they always need bodies. So I'm like, Hey, can I come back to work? They're like, yeah. When you want to come back, I'm like, no, no, this day. And I'm like, yeah. So I just, I mean, just walked right back into work. Hey, mm-hmm. what's going on? You know, remember me? It was like 50 months ago. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's the best civilian job I've ever had as far as dealing with the reserves. Yeah. And that's the worst part is that civilian jobs hate a reserve guy. And that's like, I've had them like, you know, they'll hire you because you're a Marine and they know you're going to be great at the job, but then they'll also shit on you. Like, Hey, listen, I got to go away for like a month. And like, Oh, uh," I'm like, well, I was like, you hired a force recon Marine and the reserves. Like, you know, maybe you should have done a little bit of research, but like I was a store manager of Verizon. That was the worst company I ever worked for. It's called one wireless. It doesn't exist anymore. That's what I'll call it out. It was the worst experience I ever had as far as reserve. And, um, and civilian life because they were just i mean outright to my face like shit on me like oh we'll never hire another reservist or national guard guy and like no shit like right to my face huh. and I mean, trust me like you know it's one of those things you grip your teeth I'm like man I'm, i just want to start putting hands like all over you you know um because like you know it, it, it's really frustrating but then walmart god bless them god bless these guys walmart logistics because people are crap on walmart you know but they're talking about regular walmart i work in a walmart distribution it's a totally different asset i get mm-hmm. crazy over time they absolutely love me i've been in some tough spots where they help me i'm like hey i gotta go and they're like, yeah yeah do what you gotta do no big deal like hey, just come back be safe they're so man it's it's just such a great mm-hmm. company if you're a reservist or a guardsman or whatever the fuck um it's such a great company to work for interesting yeah, and I've I mean, had terrible. Like I had three jobs uh, as a reservist, uh, four jobs total as a reservist, and the first three were a nightmare because they just they would shit on me. Yeah, um, and, and they give me shitty shifts. They would screw around with me just because I was gone so much. So did you? you know? I mean, obviously, you know they they chose to hire you, and as a reservist or any military member, you're protected by law for you know they they have to keep your job for up to five right, years. five years, five years. But I mean, it sound like that doesn't. You're not really protected by law to not. Oh, well, hey, time, well, here's the thing: it's you like know? you know, yeah, maybe they they, they can't fire you for going away, but yeah. maybe one time I'm like 30 seconds late to work, boom, yeah. they'll fire you. You know, but uh, that's never happened. I've never been fired. I'm just yeah. saying that was a big fear of mine. It's like they'll they'll use some some BS little thing to fire me when in reality they're firing me because they don't want to do, they don't want to do their job and like just be a manager or an owner of a company and just schedule it properly and figure it out. Yeah. You know that that's the thing. It's like. And, I mean, I crushed it at that Verizon thing. I remember the first day she goes, oh, we, we clean around here all the time. And the first thing I did, I reached up on this big shelf and I ate like a big clump of dust. And she goes, where'd you find that? And I was like, right there. I was like, I'm, I was, I've been cleaning at the Olympic level for years. You know, I was like, I'm a Marine. I'm the best. You never, you don't tell me to clean something because it's, I mean, it, you, you're going to, you're going to feel bad about, uh, you know, how you've been cleaning. I mean, I, I, I've yeah. been cleaning undefeated professional cleaner. 
Right here. <laughs> from day one. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, day one. Day one, man. I, I, remember, I still see her face where she was like, <gasps> like I, see, I clean all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, let me see. You know, like, you know, like old, you know, room inspection style. Like, well, what about this? Yeah. And they're like, ah. um, have you ever, have you ever thought you were going to have to, you know, like use the USERA, you know, in order to protect no, your no, job? Like you no. were never in that type of spot. Not really. No, I mean, I mean, I always had that in the pocket, you know, because they got uh, they got communities out there. I can't remember them where they'll they'll come up there with like with the heat yeah. and nobody. Hey, listen, you guys, we're about to bring like the, the, the heat, like the federal government down in your ass. Yeah. Um, but no, that's never been. No, no, not really. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I mean, what's what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's like maybe maybe they're already in a career and they want to do, you know, some guard or reserve work or. Like what, what's your best piece of advice for balancing those relationships between, you know, the, the military part-time and in theory, a full-time career civilian world. I don't have any good advice. I don't. <laughs> the, the, the only thing I can say is if you're, let's, if you're a reservist yeah. and you have a, a good civilian job, it's great. It's the best job in the world. If you have a good, but if, if, if your civilian life is shit. Yeah. You're gonna just live in depression. Mm. I mean, that's I mean, that's that's not really eloquent, you know. Like uh, to talk, like, but it, that's just the best way to describe it. Because, like, it, if like I said, like most of the guys at Third Force, man, they've been in since like oh three, and mm. they got great civilian jobs. And they every now and then, it's just nice to scratch that itch and throw the uniform on and, and go, you know, go run and gun with the boys. Um, but that's that's the thing. If somebody at my work was like, "Oh, I'd like to join the National Guard for the money," I was like, "That's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> that's the worst thing you should do." For I was like, "Don't do that. Do yeah. not do that because you will not make any money. There's no such thing as that, you know. Because as a regular drilling reservist, you don't make any money. You yeah. really don't. Yeah. Um, when you deploy, you wage you um, with all the all the different incentives and stuff like that. Yeah. But, so, um, so what you're saying is that like <laughs> you kind of have to. St- strategize that balance between your civilian career and your military career. Like do. It's, a, it's a massive effort. And I mean, the yeah. boys all the time, when we got back from this last UDP, you know, they're still like, we're, we're we got cut to, they're still hounding you for mm-hmm. stuff. It was like, well, dude, I'm trying to like get my civilian life, like back together. You know, like, why are they still fucking with us? You know, yeah. I, they know, I guess they don't. Cause they don't, they don't, if they don't walk in your shoes, they don't know, mm-hmm. you know, like, Hey, you know, like, oh, we got to do this. We got to do that. I'm like, hey, we're back in civilian life now. Like, hey, why are they why are they fucking with us so bad? Um, and it's just like, it's just a flip flop. And it's it's hard to turn it off, man. It's hard to turn it off. And I, I do the I do the they'll you ever seen Rambo, the first blood Rambo, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the first one. It's the best franchise there is. Well, the first one's the best because like one only one guy dies and it's like on accident where like Rambo throws a rock at the helicopter and a guy like falls out. Uh-huh. Um, but at the end, when he's talking to the colonel. I mean, that speech, man, that shit is real. That is real life where Rambo's like, you know, it's like the colonel is like, it's, it's over Rambo. And John's like, it's, it's like nothing, nothing is over. You asked me, I didn't ask you. And, and he's like, you know, I used to, used to like, you know, call the helicopters. I used to drive tanks, but now I can't even get a job parking cars. You know, it's, it's, it's that life. Like when you're just, you're up at the top and then you come back to civilian life. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you experienced a little bit, man. Mm-hmm. Where like you leave active duty life 
And now you got to put up with like regular BS when you used to know like where your, where your label was in life, you know, like, Hey, I was yeah. here in life. Now I don't know where I'm at at life, mm. you know, and I yeah. got, I, I did, I did a uh, TRS class for a week t- transition readiness service. Yeah. You know, they make you do when, when you get out and I was the only reserve guy in there, they made you do it. Mm. And, um, and you see these poor kids and they got no money in the bank, no plan. Yeah. And they're fixing to get out. And I'm like, oh my God, kids, like you, you like you need to stay in. Like it's yeah. like that. What is it? Uh, happy, not happy, happy. Billy Gilmore. Stay yeah, Billy Madison, he's like, you stay you in, you stay in, don't ever grow up. Yeah. Um, that's how it is, man. Because man, I, I wish that, I mean, I, a lot of regrets, you know, through the years, but I wish I would have never left El Salvador, man. I, I'd still be down there right now if I knew any better. Yeah. Um, and I do like my civilian life. That's the thing, but it just, it's just a different feeling when you're like an apex predator somewhere, man. Do you know you're like you're the shit? And so now I'm just like a regular guy, you know. Why not? Why not go active duty? I just, I mean, there's nothing in it for me, man. Because like right now, it's like uh, it's music and UDPs, and I can do that right now. That's the thing. I I can I can pretend I could be a pseudo active guy. I can nonstop go on UDPs. I can nonstop go on security operations and what shit it, like what's that. What's a UDP? Explain that. A uh, unit deployment plan. All it is, the best way to describe it, is badass uh, shark. His name is Chief Erickson. He says sharpen, he's like, these are about sharpening the spear. That's all it is. It's like, it's just, it's just a huge training deployment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got screwed because it was the COVID times. Like uh, the COVID times happened about two months into Okinawa where we were supposed to go to all these different countries, mm. but we stayed in Okinawa the whole time. Still did some spectacular training. And I learned a ton. Um, and I got to do a lot of breaching. I did a bre- two breacher supervisor courses with, uh, with, uh, 30 OTG out there. Um, and don't ask me what that stands for. It did just help. It just helped recon Marines do workups. Yeah. And they're all recon Marines themselves. I was, uh, I did a lot of hearse masting, you know, so like doing fast rope and helicopters and repelling and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just, I don't know. I wouldn't mind if I was an officer, that's what I was. That's kind of what my plan was like, finish my last year of school, go as an inactive officer, honestly, not an infantry one because my joints is just, I, I don't mind shining a chair with my ass at this point, just because <laughs> the joints. but as an enlisted guy, it's fun, man. You got like almost no responsibilities, man. You know, you just kind of do what you're told and you run a gun. It's awesome. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> so do you, do you feel, I mean, You've been in ten years now, so obviously you've done some reenlistments, and you know. Yeah, I've done one. I've resigned. done one. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel like, even though you didn't really know what you were pursuing when you joined, do you feel like you got what you wanted, and you're getting, you're continuing to get what you want out of the military? Yes, you yes, I do, and I, I think about that a lot. Like, say tomorrow was my last day as a reserve recon marine. I know I, I, I mean, I, I served like a mother, even when I was a was a, a, a support guy. I know mm-hmm. I served this country good and well, and I was a great Marine. And um, I, I can walk away from this career satisfied that like, I, uh, I really did what I needed to do. And um, <sighs> makes me tear up almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it's just, I've had, I've, I've had this man, I met the coolest people in like three different countries and probably like 30 different States. And, uh, it's just, it's been a spectacular experience and I would, I, there's a lot of stuff I would change, but I wouldn't, I would still be, if I had to change everything, I would still be at least a reserve recon Marine first. Yeah, the right on. Okay. All right. Does, does that mean you're, you're going to push on for another 10 years and finish out? The oh 20? yeah. No, no, no. You're, I do the, all the old, uh, Wolf of Wall Street thing. You're like this, hey, you're going to need, uh, like, this, uh, I'm not, I'm not fucking leaving. Like this is my home <laughs> and you're going to fucking need a wrecking ball to get me out of here. I love it, man. 
I mean, the guys I've served with and I still serve with, they're just the best. Like, and they have great civilian lives. They're, they're cops or they're civilian contractors. Or like one guy works at a Walmart distribution center in Texas. Huh. And, I mean, they're just the best people. And I've gone through some bad times the last few months uh, in my personal life. And mm-hmm. man, they're so supportive. They're like, hey, I mean, it just it just makes you feel at least like you got somebody. You know yeah. how it is. The, the, yeah. the best thing I'll tell you right now out there, podcast listeners, the best thing about the military is that you can sleep or cry anywhere. And everybody's like, man, it'd, it'd be like that sometimes. You know, like they don't care. They don't, you know, it's like, they don't judge you. You know, they, um, if you're a good shit, you know, like yeah. I am. Um, yeah. it's just, yeah. it's awesome, man. You know, it's just, and it, it, even an active guy would go to, it's just nice to scratch that itch, man. He's uh-huh. throwing the old, they'll throw on the old Marpac camis and, uh, and go do some cool stuff with your boys. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, it's indescribable, the feeling really. I think, yeah. I mean, I think one of the most unique parts about the reserve life is that like, I don't know, in, in my mind, anytime you're doing something different from your routine, it's like a vacation, you know? And so it's yeah, like, it is. yeah, civilian job might be awesome, but you know, to do it, whatever, 300 days plus a year, it's like, dude, sometimes I just want to change it up. And so to, to have yeah. that, that opportunity to, to volunteer and go somewhere else for a month, do something completely different and, you know, scratch an itch, whatever that itch might be for you is, uh, there's, I don't think there's any other real way to do it. You know, like no, if you, if you want no, to, I agree career. for, for one hundred. I'll tell you. I don't when, when, on my civilian side, I go to work and I come home and I hang out with my kids. Yeah. That's it. I don't, there's nobody, I don't hang out with any, probably one person for like a weekend. I hung out on the civilian side with, yeah. and, and, and they were pretty much family. Um, but like, I just, you know, they, so that keeps me a good father. So like, you know, I just go to work and I come home, I go to work and I come home. But then when I got to throw the old Marpad on, that's the time when I'm kicking with the boys like that. And that's yeah. where I get that like bro time. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. I come home, I got all the bro time out of me. I come home and I, and I go to work and I come home and I'm a very attentive father. And I don't care that I don't go out kicking it with anybody. I don't care. I don't. Yeah. It, I, it's not something I yearn for or nothing like that because I get it out of my system, mm. you know. But I'm in a great community yeah. of guys that like these dudes are, man, I'll, I'd do anything for them, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it was, yeah. we're just reserves. Yeah, dude, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, I like to, I like to kind of provide a little bit of a spectrum of like, you know, best day versus worst day in the Marine Corps to give an idea of like, you know, not every day is rainbows and unicorns, but not every day sucks either. You know? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's highs. It's like a sign curve, you know, like mm. in trigonometry, it's just, it's got equal highs to equal lows. Yeah. You know, they call they call the recon goddess. She's a bitch guy. Cause she takes one hand and she gives her the other, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so give us an idea of, you know, your spectrum that you've experienced in the, in the military. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I don't know the, the worst thing. It's like, what's the worst thing? Like getting your ass kicked when you've been getting your ass kicked for like years uh-huh. or having admin screw up your pay, you know, cause that's a pretty bad <laughs> load too. It's like, you know what I'm saying? The, the best thing is like when you take those really good ass kickings, mm-hmm. I'm talking like those ones you don't ever forget, but you and your boys, when you don't eat your eat your own, that's what I try to do as an instructor in other countries. I try to make them get put them in city shitty situations where yeah. they start eating their own. And when I see it, mm, it's so uh, good. But well, that's not <laughs> what you want to do. You guys want to come together. And yeah. I've never had an experience where you've gone through a shitty situation and you've ate your own. I've, every time I've gone through a terrible, terrible shitty situation, like where they're just kicking your ass, it's um, we're tighter. 
We're mm. a tighter group of people. Like we're best friends. We're like planning vacations together, like immediately afterwards. So, so it's, then, so then having those, yeah, having those downtimes, having those negatives, you know, the, the valleys make the, yeah. the peaks and the highs that much better. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it, it, it just like I said, the the recon goddess, man. It's it's equal. If you have a really really great time, you know, you're about to experience a bad low. <laughs> it just it just is. It's just man. It's like oh, everything's going great, and it's like boom. And I'm like oh, damn, I should have called it. And it, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's all right though, man. If if it, if it sucked so terribly, you know, I wouldn't do it. And and honestly, if if it was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. That's what makes it special because not sure. a lot of people do it, man. I graduated yeah. with like. Out of our original 120, I graduated with 37 guys, huh. and 19 of us were NCOs, and, and seven of them were officers. Wow! You know, so over half the class was tough guys. Yeah, right on. What, where's I mean, you've been a, to a couple of places, whether it be states, countries, whatever. What what's been your your favorite destination? El Salvador, easy. easy. That's it. So easy, El Salvador. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, just because like they had nothing, they had no training, and they let they gave us. I mean, they gave us the wheel or like. You do this. And me and Shane Docker were like, all right. And we crushed it. I mean, yeah. we like we literally changed the, the history and their training pipelines of a whole entire country just based off two guys being subject matter experts, you know, huh. and uh, their officers loved us, man, loved us. So what kind of advice is, you know, closing out a little bit, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who is pursuing recon? <sighs> Get in the pool. And yeah. I'm not talking like, Cause people will tell you like, Oh, you got to swim for like four hours. And whoa, shit. That, hey, you know, get in the pool and specifically start treading water. Cause mm. there's a, a portion of the pool they call deep end sessions where you're like treading with like your hands, you know, behind your head or your elbows out of the water and just tread water for like 30 minutes a day. That's what I would start off with obviously huh. being like, you know, getting a decent shape, yeah. you know, but you have to tread water. And the longer you do it, the better it is. Cause I, when I was training guys, I make them do it for 10 minutes and it's just panicking for like 10 minutes. But <laughs> yeah. um, if you make them do it for like 30, it gives them time to kind of feel it out. You're like, Oh, well shit. Hey, I can push the water like this and I can breathe like this. And, um, and then it works out better. So that's yeah. the number one. Number two is um, this is on your pocket. You cannot be a pussy. Like, and, and that sounds like really, you yeah. cannot like quit. Cannot be, you know, a, a part of your vocabulary. Cause if, if you're, if you're not, if you're not weak in the pool and you don't quit and you still healthy, cause that, you know, people have accidents and they get hurt. Sure. Um, you will make it because the recon training company wants recon Marines. It's not a badge keeper course. Like I know at Naval Swick, my brother's a, a Swick instructor right now and they'll drop guys. They'll make their lives better just cause they're ugly or something like that. You know, it's huh. a super badge keeper, you know, thing, but recon, once guys and if you're worth a damn and you're a good teammate they want you so if, you, if, if you're not if you're not weak in the pool and you don't quit you will make it you can uh, make yourself a recon marine for sure do, do you do you regret quitting back in 2011 time frame the only reason uh yeah i mean the only reason i do is because it, it uh i was a lance corporal for four years as mm. an embarker i did no deployments i mean i it, and i just my career would have been farther ahead um I don't blame myself for quitting because yeah. I had no clue what was coming on. But at the same time, I think I'm a pussy because I was like, you think I'm the only guy that didn't know what was going on? I'm yeah. sure some of those guys, it's the same kind of mental mm. state that I was in that they they still made it, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's my story. I mean, that's a true shit, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, you know what? Oh, I, I said I was in 0431. 
But then like when you at, you know, when people ask like, what were we originally? I'm like, ah, and it, it's shameful. It's shameful <laughs> yeah. to talk about, you know, because I don't, you know, but I mean, it, it is what it is, man. I went back and I fucking crushed it. Awesome, dude. Well, I, you know, any, I want to give you an opportunity to, to provide any closing wisdom you want to share with anybody or, uh, you know, any last words? Oh man, I, real broad spectrum. Being a United States Marine is the absolute best thing you can be in the whole entire world. I'm not saying that any of the other branches are crappy. I'm not saying that at all because, man, they got they got some pipe hitters in all the branches, including the Department of Homeland Security, mm. uh, uh, Coast Guard. They got what they call it, uh, maritime search and rescue teams. Those guys are pipe hitting. But there's just not a – it's almost undescribable the feeling to be a Marine and God bless the people that couldn't join. Like my brother, my brother couldn't join. Now he's a, he's a never special warfare operator. You know, he, he, his rate is special operator one or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, they yeah. call him this shit a special operator. Um, but just being a Marine is the best. It's undescribable. Just, just put your damn chin down, keep your hands up. And if you get tired, take a knee, face outboard, sip some water, man, you'll be all right. You know, <laughs> it, it's going to be fine. Um, but it just, that's all, it's really our closing thing. Like, and that's not anything to do with recon. I don't care if you're a supply Marine or you're a Marsoc guy, like just being a Marine is just the best feeling in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I promise you, man, you don't want to put your dress blues. You ever seen somebody in dress blues? Come on now. I mean, like you can be the ugliest. I remember that boot camp. like you're an ugly motherfucker, but don't yeah. worry about it. Everybody looks good in a set of dress blues. <laughs> they yeah, really that, do man ain't that the truth uh it's so funny awesome man well dude i'm stoked that you're still fired up on it after 10 years and you're you know you're doing what you love and you're you're able to balance it well so that's that's awesome man yeah i know it's it's going it's going great man i finally you know it, 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 and it's taken a while it's taken yeah. a while for me to get in a nice groove you know and it's mainly you know it's certain different things mainly on my personal side you know yeah but uh it's great man I am um, being a reserve recon Marine is, I mean, we were, we were a third recon battalion out in Okinawa and a bunch of those guys have gotten out and come to the re, uh, reserve recon because they seen that like one, we're super professional, incredibly professional Two, It's a great gig. You know, yeah. you can still play recon Marine when, you know, when you want, but then also have a regular civilian life. Awesome. Asa. Well, man, I appreciate you coming. On. I appreciate you sharing your story. Yeah, what a, man, this dude, is awesome. Up, dude. So. I, thank you so much for inviting me. I, uh, Ah, genetics wise i'm a talker man i uh, <laughs> i just and I, I appreciate you putting up with me talking yeah man. Um, hopefully other people find value in it and find some uh, entertainment and some some humor in it all oh so, yeah hopefully yeah, you're definitely an entertainment person awesome man well look forward to staying in touch and uh and hearing how the rest of your career goes yeah likewise birds hey simple videlos yeah hey guys i hope you were able to enjoy that episode with asa like I said, Asa is a talker, uh, and so I did my best to kind of keep him in line, but he w- he gets fired up on what he does, so I kind of let him go, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Hopefully you guys got some value from that and kind of some insight on as to what recon life is like and what the pipeline is like and, and you know, and balancing uh, a high-speed military, military career with a, a civilian career that's kind of like, you know, the complete opposite. So, um I hope you guys enjoyed, and I will see you guys next week.